letters sixteen to twenty-five of series two of the letters of john huss by emile de bonachose translated by campbell mackenzie this librivox recording is in the public domain letters sixteen to twenty-five letter sixteen to the same he informs his friend of pope john's flight requests the bohemian nobles to employ their efforts to obtain his deliverance my keepers have already taken themselves away i am no longer supplied with food and i am ignorant of the fate that awaits me in my prison i implore you to go with the other nobles to the emperor to induce him to put an end to my captivity that he fall not on account of me into sin and confusion i beseech you also to come and see me with our nobles of bohemia for it is necessary that i should speak with you noble signor john go and speedily find the emperor with the signor wenceslaus and all the others it would be dangerous to wait it is important for me that it should be done as soon as possible come quickly and learn the other things which i desire you to do i fear that the grand master of the papal court may carry me away with him this night for he has remained to-day at the monastery the bishop of constance has written to me that he would not treat any affair with me the cardinals have done the same if you love the unfortunate huss take care the king gives me guards of his own court that he delivers me from prison this evening written in prison on sunday evening my noble lord delay not letter seventeen to the same he tells him of the consolation which he has received in prison i have received great consolation from the visit of the bohemian nobleman but i was much distressed at not having been permitted to see you master christian has left the city bearing the message of signor henry and also of master yesenets i think the council is much agitated on account of the pope's flight in all things executed or to be executed god should be consulted before human reason this is what they have not done and it is why if god grants me a happy issue i will not forget this faithful friend but if my death is only deferred it is to you i recommend him i have discovered that the signor william is my friend return him thanks for me i saw wenceslas duba shedding tears when he spoke to me and the signor mosca showed me all the kindness of a friend letter eighteen john huss to his benefactors he returns them thanks exhorts them to live purely and reminds them of the conduct of the council toward pope john the twenty third after his flight most generous lords faithful defenders of the truth and my consolers you whom god has sent as angels to me i cannot fully express to you how grateful i feel for all the constancy and charitable kindness that you have shown to me a poor sinner 
but a servant in the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. I trust the divine Jesus, our Creator, Redeemer, and Savior, will reward you in the present life, and give himself unto you as the most precious gift in the life to come. I exhort you, therefore, by his mercy, to bind yourself strongly to his law and holy commandments. Noble Lord Wenceslaus, in taking a spouse, live purely in marriage, and renounce the vanities of the age. And you, Lord John of Clum, you, who already serve no longer than the kings of the earth, dwell with your wife and your children under the yoke of the Lord. You behold how the wheel of the vanities of the world turns round, raising one man and depressing another, but giving to all whom it raises a fleeting joy, after which comes the eternal punishment in fire and darkness. You know of what description are these spiritual princes who call themselves the true vicars of Christ and his apostles, who proclaim themselves the Holy Church and the very sacred council that is infallible, and which, nevertheless, transgressed in adoring John the Twenty-Third and in calling him most holy, when they knew him to be a manslayer, impure, a simonist, and a heretic, as they have declared him to be in the sentence which condemns him. Behold how they have struck off the head of the church, they have torn out the heart of the church, they have dried up the inexhaustible fountain of the church, they have violated and destroyed the imperishable refuge of the church, where every Christian should find a refuge. May God pardon Stanislaus, Paulitz, and their brethren, for they thus designated the Pope in the sense which they rendered by the mouth of Stanislaus. And now Christendom is without a Pope. It has Jesus Christ for the head who directs it, for the heart that vivifies it by grace, for the fountain which waters it with the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, for the imperishable and never-failing refuge to which I have recourse in my misfortune in the firm hope that I shall always find direction, assistance, and all-sufficient regeneration, and that God will fill me with infinite joy by delivering me from my sins and from this miserable life. The council erred several times in erroneously rejecting some articles from my books as tainted with corruption, and mutilated several passages, as will be seen on comparing these articles with my books. It is there evident to both of us that Jesus Christ, the infallible judge, will not sanction all that has been done and said at this council. Happy, then, are they who, keeping his law, perceive, detest, and avoid vain pomp, avarice, hypocrisy, the fraud of Christ's enemies, and who wait with patience the coming of the sovereign judge and his angels. I conjure you by the bowels of Jesus Christ to avoid bad priests, and to love good ones according to their works. I conjure you and the faithful barons not to permit, according to your power, worthy priests to be oppressed. It is for that purpose that God has raised you above others, 
and I think there will be in Bohemia a great persecution of the faithful servants of God if he does not relieve them by the arms of his secular lords whom he has enlightened by his words more than by our spiritual chiefs. Oh, what madness to condemn as erroneous the gospel of Christ and the epistle of St. Paul who professes to have received the truth not from men, but from God, and to reject the example of Jesus Christ himself, of his apostles, of the other saints, in condemning the communion of the cup of our Lord, instituted for all adult believers. Do they not say the permission given to devout laymen to participate with the lips in the cup of Christ is an error? And if a priest presents them this cup to drink of, he is reputed in fault, and should he persist, is condemned as a heretic. O oh, St. Paul, thou hast said unto all the faithful, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he come. That is to say, until the judgment day, when he shall come, and behold, already the custom of the Romish church opposes the accomplishment of thy word. Letter 19 To John of Schlum He alludes to the injuries which he had to suffer from the council and deputies. If my letter has not yet been sent to Bohemia, keep it, and do not send it, for harm might come from it. The emperor might well ask who was to be judge, since the council has not cited me to appear before him, nor have I been accused in his presence. Nevertheless, the council has cast me into prison, and ordered its procurator to proceed against me. If I obtain a public audience, I ask noble and excellent Signor John that the emperor should be present, and a place near him assigned to me in order that he may hear me with facility. I also pray that you, with the Signor Wenceslaus and my other protectors, be present if you can, and hear the words that Jesus Christ, my procurator, shall put in my mouth that whether I live or die, you may be unto me true witnesses, that impostors may not say that I abjured the truth which I preached. Know that in presence of witnesses and notaries I demanded in my prison from the commissioners that they should send me an advocate and procurator. They promised to do so, and afterwards refused them to me. I then confided myself to the Lord Jesus that he may enlighten, plead, and judge my case. I do not think that there are other subjects of accusation against me than these. First, the obstacle I raised against the publication of the bull of the Crusades. They are in possession of my treatise. They have read it to me, and I have acknowledged it. Secondly, they accuse me of having officiated when under excommunication. Thirdly, my appeal to the Pope is imputed to me as a crime. 
they read this appeal in my presence and before all i joyfully exclaimed that this appeal should be mine lastly in the fourth place, I am accused of having left behind me at Prague a writing which my enemies have interpreted against me, and in which I said, I quit the city without safe conduct. You will answer this by saying, when I left Prague, I had no safe conduct from the Pope, and in fact I had none, and I was not aware, when I wrote that letter, that you were to accompany me on my journey. After the public audience, should I obtain it, may the emperor not permit me to be cast again into prison. May I gather the fruits of your good counsels and of those of your friends, and, if it should please God, tell the emperor several things for the advantage of Christendom and for his own good. Letter 20. To Peter Maldonievitz. John Huss's Dream. Explain this night's dream. I thought they wanted to destroy, at Bethlehem, all the representatives of Christ, and that they destroyed them. The next morning, on rising, I saw many painters who were painting finer and more numerous images. I looked at them with joy. The painter said, with the crowd, Let the bishops and the priests come now, and let them endeavor to destroy these designs. Upon this, great multitudes rejoiced at Bethlehem, and I with them. And on awaking, I found that I was laughing. Several have published that they wished to destroy what is written at Bethlehem. I will send a copy of the treatises, which I have transcribed in duplicate. Letter 21. Peter Maldonievitz to John Huss. Peter explains the dream to John Huss according to his interpretation of John of Chlum, whom, in pleasantry, they used to call the doctor of Bibrach, because during John Huss's stay at the imperial town of Bibrach, as John of Chlum frequently conferred with the priests and other lettered men relative to the obedience due to the Pope, excommunication, and other similar matters, the report was disseminated in the town that the nobleman John of Chlum had been created doctor in theology. Dearest friend, be not in any respect uneasy respecting the public audience, for it occupies more attention than usual, as well as your affairs, and we hope with the grace of God that everything will terminate happily. But trouble not your head with phantoms, forget them, and think only in what manner you may reply to the objections that will be made against you. And yet the word of truth, which cannot err, forbids you to mediate too much, for it declares that when you are brought before men, it shall be suggested to you at the moment what you ought to say. This is the explanation of your dream. The image of Christ painted on the walls of the chapel is his life, which we ought to imitate. It is the same for the holy and ineffaceable scripture, which is represented on the same place, in which, 
Towards the evening, the enemies of the cross endeavor to rub out, the sun withdrawing itself from them on account of the iniquities of their life. All these things, then, appear forgotten in the eyes of the world. But the next day, when the sun of justice shall have risen again, the preachers of Christ's word will renew these same images, and will retrace them in a more brilliant manner than preaching on the housetop what was before only whispered in the ear, and, as it were, delivered up to oblivion. The result will be the great source of joy to believers, and although the humble bird, at present placed on the altar, may be delivered up to suffering in putting off a feeble body, yet our firm hope is that hereafter awakening, after this miserable life as from a dream, it will live with him who is in heaven, and will laugh to scorn those impious persons who endeavored to destroy the image of Christ and the Holy Scriptures, and that at the last, with the divine protection, he will again, in a more remarkable manner, retrace the latter for his flock and his dear friends. This is the explanation given by the doctor of Bibrach in comparing this dream with one of Daniel's visions. Your friends and faithful disciples are happy in receiving your letters. The ambassador of the King of France has arrived today at Constance. Letter 22 Reply of John Huss to Peter He explains his dream himself, and comforts himself by the Holy Scriptures. I have received much consolation from what the doctor of Bibrach has desired you to write me. His explanation is in accordance with my own ideas. I forget neither this precept of Cato, Disturb not thyself with thy dreams, nor the order of God, pay not observance to visions. And yet I hope that the life in Christ which I imprinted at Bethlehem by his word in the hearts of my hearers, and which his enemies have endeavored to destroy, by forbidding me to preach in that place, and by wishing me to pull it down. I hope, I say, that this same life shall be sketched hereafter far more effectively by preachers of greater eloquence than myself, to the great joy of the people who cling with all their might to the life of Christ. Greatly shall I rejoice when I awake, as our doctor expresses it, that is to say, when I shall rise from the bosom of the dead. And as to the scripture printed on the walls of Bethlehem, and relative to which Pallets is so much irritated, declaring that I have abused the people about it, this same Pallets insists on it being destroyed. And in order to overwhelm me as much as possible, he has greeted me in a most dreadful manner, as I shall relate hereafter, with God's permission. With respect to what I ought to reply to the objections that may be brought against me, I rely on the divine Saviour, to whom I have appealed, whom, in presence of the commissioners, I have chosen for my judge and advocate, declaring firmly that, I selected for my advocate and judge the Lord Jesus, him who would soon judge us all. 
I committed my cause to him as he had confided to his father. It is he who has declared, as our doctoral lord of Bebrock remarks, Take no heed of what you will say, for I will give you a wisdom and eloquence which your enemies will not be able to resist. Jerome has written, The Lord has said to us, Do not allow yourselves to be troubled, fear nothing, you shall march to the combat. But it is I who will fight. Your mouth shall open, but it is I who will speak. You shall be betrayed by your relations, your friends, your brothers, and they will deliver you up to death. The injuries that we receive from the persons who are strangers to us are less cruel than others. Our sufferings are so much the more bitter that we expected more from these who inflicted them on us, for we suffer not only in our body, but also in our mind, from charity being destroyed. This is what Jerome says, and as to me, my grief proceeds above all from pallets. In truth, the doctor of Bebrock has the advantage over Lord Henry and over Master John of Janowitz. The other dreams will also be explained, if it please God. Let the doctor of Bebrock keep to himself alone what he has imparted to me relative to my letter. For Christ has said, A man's enemies are of his own household, and you shall be betrayed by your own relatives. Farewell. Be firm and constant, all you that dwell in the city of Constance. Greet all the friends for me, but prudently, for fear the question be asked, how you know that I have sent them a greeting. Letter 23 to John Huss Huss is informed of several circumstances by his friends. Dearest friend, learn that your acts and the truth have never been more the objects of secret and unjustifiable snares than at present. However, your affair is postponed in consequence of a train of incidents that have occurred, and which were not in any way connected with it. All your friends, and particularly Christian, are most attentive to the good widow as to a second Sarepton. A bit of triangular paper has fallen into the hands of your enemies. It has been the subject of a denunciation, and the informations were lodged so promptly that it was impossible to prevent the act. The doctor of Bibrach has been demanding by what means and by what occasion he can write to you. The conclusion that has been drawn is that he is negligent about doing so. Write, I pray you, a few words of consolation for your most attached friends. Letter 24. John Huss's Reply. May the God of mercy preserve and strengthen you in his grace, and may he impart to you, as well as to me, constancy in this city. For if we continue constant, we shall obtain the succor of the Lord. It is now that I learn to understand the saying of the psalmist, 
pray and meditate on the sufferings of Christ and the martyrs, for Isaiah has declared that experience gives intelligence. And unless a man has undergone temptation, he can know nothing. I do not understand what the doctor of Biebrecht inquires about, and I form no conjectures relative to his being negligent in writing. I only wish that he may be in good health, but that the health of the soul may be first fortified in him by the Lord. What I desire most ardently for him is the improvement of his soul's health as well as that of his body, and after this, life, eternal happiness with the saints. Rejoice all of you who are united in the Lord. Salute each other and prepare yourselves to partake worthily of the body of the Lord before the feast of Easter. I have not been able to participate in this holy sacrament for a length of time, and I shall still be deprived of it as long as it shall be the good pleasure of the Lord. It was the same with the apostles of Christ and a great number of the saints who were debarred from the sacrament in prison and in desert places. I rejoice that you are together and that Zelizna Brada is with you in good health. I also am well, being as I hope in Jesus Christ, and I shall still be better after death if I observe faithfully God's commandments. Oh, that God would accord me sufficient time to reply to the Chancellor of Paris, who so rashly and unjustly and in the presence of so great an assembly did not blush to accuse his fellow creature of errors. But God, perhaps by my death or by his, will render all writing on my part useless, and in his last judgment will clear up everything far better than I could do by any work of mine. Letter 25. To the same. He again requests that the noblemen who have been his protectors should obtain him a hearing, that he prays earnestly to have the emperor and the council applied to on the subject. Beloved friend in Christ, endeavor once more to persuade all our noblemen to solicit the emperor and the council that what they promised may take place, for they declared to me, the facts alleged against you shall be put down briefly in writing, and in an approaching audience you shall reply. Our noblemen, by reminding the emperor and the council their own words, can constrain them to do what they have promised. Then, in the council, with the assistance of God, I will loudly proclaim the truth, for rather than to be thus basely stifled by them, I prefer to have my body burned with the fire. But I am anxious that every Christian shall know what are my last words. I, therefore, in the name of the Most High, conjure my noble friends to act with energy and to give me a last proof of their firmness. My trust in the Lord, noble John, my generous and most faithful friend, is unchangeable. 
may God award you a fitting recompense for all your kindness. I conjure you not to withdraw until all has been consummated. Oh, why am I not led forth to the funeral pile, rather than be thus prevented from being heard? I still hope that the Almighty God will deliver me from their hands through the merits of the saints. Let me know, I pray you, if I shall tomorrow be heard before the council. Salute from me all my friends in Bohemia, and beseech them to pray to God for me. Should I remain in prison, it will be a great consolation to me during my melancholy expectation of death to know that you have exhorted the masters to remain steadfast in the truth, as well as the young maiden Petra and all her family. Recommend Master Yesenitz to take unto himself a wife. Pray, my good friend Guzikon and the curé, not to be angry with me for not having paid what I owed them, for it was totally out of my power. Let those persons who have aided me with their money salute my friends in Christ of both sexes, and let them pray to God for me. No one will repay them, as well as our Lord Jesus Christ, the money they had advanced me, it having been done for his service. I should, however, be well pleased that the richer persons paid the poorer. But I fear that in some this saying may be confirmed. Chisochi Tosmishli. End of letter 25. End of letter 16 to 25 of series 2 of the letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonachose, translated by Campbell Mackenzie.